0: And sisters, the Lord be with you. And spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Lord. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you, wishing to construct a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finishing, finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlooker should laugh at him and say, This one began to build, but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king, advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. A couple summers ago, one of the great crazes among the students at Montclair State University, where I served as the, the chaplain, involved Justin Bieber sightings. The rumors had started that he had bought a house in town and he was spotted over on Bloomfield Avenue coming in and out of different stores or eating at different restaurants. Then people reported seeing him at Trader Joe's or at Sonic Burger on Route 3. And some students, without even any clue to where or when he might be somewhere, as far as I know, they hadn't hacked into his phone to track his GPS or anything, they started going out actively, even searching for him. And this is one of those areas that I've just completely aged out of that I just can't relate to. I mean, I try to, my heart is to keep up with college-age students with their, their likes and their dislikes are and try to keep current on things, but there are lines and limits. And pop music stuff is definitely one of those. Honestly, if I was on a game show where there was a million dollar award given, if you could name one Bieber song, I would be a loser. (laughs) All that being said, I do have to express my admiration for Bieber, because he's been incredibly upfront and honest about his struggles with depression, with different addictions, with bad behavior and terrible decisions that he's made in the past. Things that sadly are not uncommon for people who've achieved celebrity status at a very young age like he did. And it's devastating when you go through the list of former child celebrities who are reported to going in and out of rehab as they now struggle with full-blown issues with alcohol or drugs. Or stories of how they've lost their, their wealth and their health and their status some ending up in jail or, more tragically, ending with suicides or accidental deaths. Justin Bieber, thankfully, has not been that far gone, but it hasn't been easy for him. And this past week, he made news again when he once again went to Instagram and was brutally honest in his public sharing, starting off saying, "...it's hard to get out of bed in the morning with the right attitude." when it feels like there's trouble after trouble after trouble. Sometimes it can even get to the point where you don't even want to live anymore. Then he talked about the difficulty of this last decade of his life, saying there's an insane pressure and responsibility put on a child whose brain and emotions and frontal lobes where the decision-making takes place aren't developed yet. And then he confesses once again, I started doing pretty heavy drugs at 19 and abused all of my relationships. But then he shares his reason for hope, that he's been able to come through all of this thanks to some extraordinary people in his life who've helped him to develop a relationship with God, especially with Jesus Christ. So often, different celebrities who become infamous for some bad behaviors or controversies or criminal activities will talk about finding Jesus, and then they'll say a few things that could have been scripted by a public relations expert to help spin all those negative stories into a new direction. But reading Bieber's note, you hear of a 25-year-old who's faced more ups and downs than most of us can ever imagine And he's casting a light into the struggles that many of his generation are dealing with, whether it be depression or addictions or self-doubt and negativity about themselves. And he's not simply putting himself out there as as a major success story, that since finding Jesus, that was the answer to every one of his problems, and he's never had another bad day. Rather, very honestly and humbly, he's sharing his story of one who's trying to follow Jesus, which is much more of a challenge, much more difficult, and a lifelong endeavor, which is also much more authentic. And that's an important distinction for us to make, the difference between finding Jesus and following Jesus. And that's the distinction that's at heart in today's Gospel. Throughout the Gospels, we encounter stories of thousands upon thousands of people who come out to hear Jesus preach or see Him perform a miracle or just to catch out with all the buzz there was about Him. But when He would start talking about what it meant to follow Him, a vast majority of them leave. The miracles might have been cool, the preaching might have been awe-inspiring, but following Him... Jesus sometimes seemed to be asking too much. And today's gospel would definitely be one of those times. Jesus starts off with that quote that's as jarring now as it was 2,000 years ago. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That sounds really harsh. I mean, I'm an Italian mother's boy. No one's going to tell me to hate Ma Churn, okay? So that right away catches my attention, which is exactly what Jesus was trying to do here. He's not rewriting the Ten Commandments where we've been told to honor our mothers and fathers. He's using exaggeration to grab our attention because he's about to tell us something that's central to being a follower of his. And that is that Jesus Christ alone is the most important thing in our lives as a follower. That nothing can distract us from our role as followers of Jesus. And everything else in our lives has to flow from that. Being his disciple has to affect everything. How we are at work, how we treat our neighbors, as annoying as some of them might be, or people that are stuck in the same traffic as we are, or our parents, or our families. It has to affect how we work, how we spend our time, all of our relationships. And that's difficult. At most, the world will tolerate people going to Mass on Sunday and keeping that to ourselves. But following Jesus forces us to open our minds, to recognize that the things that are going on in the world around us and The things that our society or our culture or our institutions might say are good, are unacceptable, in light of our following Jesus, are actually contrary or different or dare we even say evil. That's difficult, and it has been from the very beginning. For example, in that second reading today, St. Paul tells a friend of his named Philemon, that even though slavery was an acceptable thing in society at that time, that because Philemon is a follower of Jesus, he has to take his slave Onesius and to love him as a brother. Following Jesus was causing Philemon to see Onesius no longer as his property, but as a person Someone like himself, made and created and loved by God and redeemed by Jesus Christ. That's a dramatic, life-changing moment for both men, which no doubt had ripple effects on many others of that time and space to perhaps look at that evil institution of slavery in a whole new light. A good fact for us to remember that in the United States, our end of slavery and the birth of the Civil Rights Movement, all those things came through the efforts of men and women who were following Jesus as well. For Justin Bieber, you can hear and see how he's had this dramatic, life-changing moment and is now trying to follow Jesus and continue to guide and direct him. He's trying to see the blessings and the gifts that the Lord has blessed him with, and to let that change how he lives and acts as a celebrity who's constantly in the spotlight, as well as how he acts as both a a husband and as a son. And we should pray for him that he's able to persevere and continue to respond to the grace that has begun that good work in him, especially since there are so many forces of evil that really want to see him fail. But what is it for us? How is following Jesus going to make us somewhat uncomfortable right now? Because we know in our our heart of hearts that that's going to require us to change the way that we act. Or it might mean that we have to see things differently. Or we might appear to be different to the world around us. Because that's the choice. That's the challenge that we're going to face each and every day. Are we going to be one of the many who claim to have found Jesus... Like we know who he is, we've heard stories about him, we kind of look at him as an obligation that we have to check off a box here and now to remain in good standing. Are we going to live in that limited realm of simply having found Jesus? Or are we going to be people that truly follow him? Because following him means to cross. And Jesus doesn't beat around the bush on that. And if we thought that line about hating parents and all that was shocking, (laughs) that line was even worse for his original listeners because they heard this before Jesus rose from the dead. So the idea of being invited to follow him that was in any way connected to the most gruesome of deaths that the sadistic Roman Empire had ever come up with, well, that was definitely not a crowd-pleaser. So the ones who made that decision to follow him required, recognized that that was going to be something wrong with the world, something was missing in their lives, and they could see and they could hear with the eyes and ears of faith in Jesus the answer to all those things. And witnessing Jesus' death on the cross and then experiencing his resurrection from the dead, they experienced the redemptive power that was unleashed upon the history of the world. And then they understood that they could be a part of that by following Jesus' example of selfless and sacrificial love themselves. Following him is still the answer to what's wrong in our world. And following him is still the answer to finding what's missing in our lives. St. Pope John Paul II very beautifully put it like this. He said, it's Jesus you seek when you dream of happiness. He's waiting for you when nothing else you find satisfies you. He is the beauty to which you are so attracted. It is he who provokes you with that that thirst for fullness that will not let you settle for compromise. It is he who urges you to shed the masks of a false life, It is he who reads in your hearts your most genuine choices, the choices that others try to stifle. It is Jesus who stirs in you a desire to do something great with your lives, the will to follow an ideal, the refusal to allow yourselves to be ground down by mediocrity, the courage to commit yourselves humbly and patiently to improving yourselves and society, making the world more human and more fraternal. May you and I be courageous enough to answer Jesus' invitation and to find in it the fulfillment that our hearts and souls seek, the true peace that every heart and soul truly desires.